podcast made by, for, and about the Oscars. And now, here's your host, Ethan Alexander. All right, hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to Fans on the Run. Surprisingly, the only podcast that talks about the Beatles. It's true. Uh, breaking the fourth wall a little here, uh, this is the first uh, show I've recorded since my self-imposed exile from YouTube, and it feels a little liberating, and it feels like I'm one step closer to becoming a genuine <laughs> podcast. Like, I feel like <laughs> Pinocchio, you know... Geppetto like I'm a real boy <laughs> even though I've been on the streaming services for like a all, like mm-hmm. a year and a half now but now it's it's I'm I'm free well welcome to reality um, uh Ethel or n- never get your name right go ahead <laughs> thank you mystery guest oh, sorry, who has sorry. not been introduced yet <laughs> um lately I've been spending a lot of my time uh, with a with a subset on YouTube called the the Vinyl Community or VC, and uh, I've met some characters in my travels, uh, some good, some bad, and uh, but there's one that stood out in particular, and uh, he's here with me today. Um, he's he's a mm. CD junkie mm. first and foremost. He's a music journalist. He's a YouTube personality. He hosts a wonderful show called the Ski Lodge, and most importantly. He's a passionate fan of music. Please give a warm welcome to Stephen. Thank you, Schmitty. and thank you for having me on the show, Brindley. Oh, and, oh am I getting oh. you confused? I always get you guys confused. No, thank you, Ethan. I really appreciate it. The funny thing is, uh, my show has a completely different oh. audience, so they won't get. Oh, that's any awesome! Of this that's all, it's all it's all it's all inside yeah. jokes. Everyone's got to go online and you know spot all the Easter eggs yeah. in the uh, fans on the run show. No it's, no, it's like my other listeners have <laughs> yeah. Easter eggs and, you know, yeah. secret things. and But it's like that, and it's, exactly. it's worlds colliding. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when, when ages and, and, it, and genres and, and mm-hmm. different things, podcasts, videos, um, uh, bloggers, everybody combines uh, for, for, for the love and passion of something. Yeah. Well, this is the dawning of the no, age that's of true. Aquarius. I read that in the National Enquirer. I I've read that too. Yeah. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> um, lately, I've been uh, asking people before before we start the you know proper question mm-hmm. and answer blah 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 Beatle mm-hmm. talk. Um, what was the last album you listened to? Uh, you want uh, the real honest truth? Yes. Uh, it was uh, the album that you, I you went... could make up a lie. No. if it would if it would suit you better. Oh no 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 not at all because. Uh, the album that I went to uh, sleep listening to last night was the last album I listened to. I have not listened to a full album today, but it's uh, it's a CD reissue of the album by The Eighth Day, which is a, like a sunshine pop vocalist from the late 60s. Uh, really, Sunshine just, pop? Yes. I, I have a feeling this is the first of many times we will hear the phrases sunshine pop and power pop yeah, throughout yeah. This, this chat. Yes, and New Wave and, and The and Beatles. And New Wave. And who? The Eagles. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know them. Yeah. <laughs> John Paul George and Joe Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> um so how are you how are you doing today? I like, am doing I'm doing well. 
Um, it's a crazy world. I love, uh, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but things are loosening up pandemic wise here. Um, I did take a trip to Walmart. Do you guys have Walmarts, um, in Canada? Um, we might, I don't know. I've, I've been in the igloo for the past, uh, year and a half. Okay. So I don't know if Walmart <laughs> still exists. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like a barren, barren landscape outside your window. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, fields of snow and then, <laughs> you know, where the, the maple leaves play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then maybe a couple towers in between yeah. there. But um, when I went to Walmart today, I noticed that a lot of people were, were no longer wearing masks. And, uh, and I think about June 15th, I think that the, uh, the mandatory mask or the, or the mask man mandate ended. So people had the option of wearing them or not. So I still continue to wear it. Um, yeah. just, just in case, you know, As, safety for others. I don't know if I'm carrying it. You could be getting it for me right now. Yeah. Well, I, I couldn't because I'm double vaxxed. Ah, well, yeah. Well, I'm vaxxed too. So yeah, it's, it's that pesky Delta variant. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's that pesky new wave uh, variant. I've been listening to Flock of Seagulls lately. Falk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, I should have brushed up on, you know, some more obscure new wave bands to, you know, banter back and forth. With. Flock of Seagulls are not obscure. No, I'm saying to, you know, kind of okay. not say, hey, Duran Duran. Uh -huh. oh, anyway. OMD. Say OMD. OM oh are they the ones that's like how to be a, a billionaire millionaire no that's ABC ABC oh my gosh this is awesome you know why because I why? know you I know you just got introduced to the music of Nick Lowe I did right? okay and 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 I I say that I mean I would love to forget everything I knew about Nick Lowe and wipe my memory and experience it again uh, because you know I, I was there from the pure pop for now people going on but it's such an exciting thing um, because, you know, you're open to experiencing music. So you're going to uh, uh, go forward with Nick Lowe. You're going to hang on to everything you've got. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe like, six it, months it, from now. It's almost a, a high that I feel like a, a lot of us you know, chase. It's I, I get a thrill out of listening to music I haven't heard before and finding Absolutely. things I like. It, it's, Absolutely. It is a high. Absolutely. Um, example, the Carnival, a band from, I think the album, okay, I, album came out in 1968. About th maybe a year ago, I heard a song called um, uh, Love So Fine by the Carnival. It was the most joyous piece of music I have ever heard in my life. It literally made just my heart open up. And it made my soul open up because it was so poppy and so joyful. I knew nothing about it. I lived through it, never heard it before. And, you know, of course, now I had to go out and pay or pay big money to buy the CD. Yeah. You know, um, such is the stuff that that happens. Yeah. You know, because it'd been out of print for a couple of years. And, you know, I'd probably, pat, you know, flip through it in my journeys over the years and, and, and never knew it. But it's such a joyous piece of music that I'm still discovering stuff like that. You know what I mean? Something that's, that's 50 something years old and it's getting me just as excited as, you know, hearing 
Flock of Seagulls, OMD, ABC, all those bands for the first time back in 1981, 1982 and stuff. And see, and, and, you know, to sort of circle back to why I brought this up is you're getting into the whole Nick Lowe thing and experiencing that, you know, that's going to lead you to this. That's going to lead you to that six months, a year from now, you might be saying, you know what, I'm going to check out all those Liverpool Beatle, you know, because of the Beatles, Liverpool, uh, based new wave bands like OMD, Flock of Seagulls, the Icicle Works, um, uh, the Lotus Eaters. You may get into all this stuff and discover a world that will charm and fascinate you, or you might well, not like that, it. That's exactly know? what happened a, a year or two ago, where you know my current musical uh, realm is. Uh, I the Small Faces acted as a gateway drug, mm-hmm. and it's just been this never ending, you know, magical quest to find all these, you know, forgotten British, mm-hmm. you know, psychedelic singles from the past. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like a whole universe. It's like Pandora's box open and there's all this music that it's like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. Yeah. You see, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like, uh, I still look for new music. I don't know if you're, looking for new music i do all the time okay because like you know let's say for example you know i just brought up a few moments ago the icicle works uh this hugely just wonderful soul enriching song called um uh whisper to a scream birds fly Uh, you know that was their hit in 83 uh today you know uh, the guy this the the main guy in the band singer songwriter ian McNabb, he has been making albums that are mind-blowing for 40 fucking years can i curse on this by the way oh hell yeah okay um see i'll do it too fuck (laughs) um but like his newest album uh it's called utopian and not many people release two record or two two record albums uh you know some bands will put out vinyl that are two albums but it's just really a an overly long and boring single album yeah. Uh, but, but he has a 20 track album that just came out and it's astonishing. The fact that this guy for 40 years had continues to be the top of his game. He has not uh, in terms of uh, the quality of his output, he has not dropped one single bit and his album. This is a guy I've been a fan of for 40 years. And now I'm not a sycophant to, or a sycophant to anybody, uh, not to the Beatles, not to uh, um, anybody. But I'll tell you, this is a phenomenal album. And the only time I'm going to tell people, the only time I'm going to try to turn people onto music is when I believe in it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get up on YouTube and talk about something that I'm only marginally interested in. And I know you're the same. Um, And a lot of times I don't even want to go on until I understand the music, until I understand the artist. So when I do a CD junkie episode, you know, a, uh, uh, on 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 my channel, you know, I'm going to do uh, you know the most recent ones like Warren Zevon and the motels and stuff. Um, I don't do those until I'm ready to do them. Until mm-hmm. uh, uh, I I I know and and feel and understand everything. You don't show up on camera and it's like, hey guys, I just heard this album 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Let let me tell you about it. Uh, yeah. What was the name of that track? Uh, yeah. track uh, something. Yeah. It was it was a good yeah. song and it went like uh, I forget. Yeah. No. You know? I have to know it backwards and forwards. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I interview artists and I know that 
every anybody who's listening to you talk, uh, you, me, um, you know, any anybody that tunes into somebody talking, they listen to them because they want to hear facts. You know, they you know they don't they don't want to hear BS. Um, now, some people are good BSers, of course. We all know yeah. that. I am. But, yeah, exactly. And you smell like rotten cheese, Ethan. Thank you. <laughs> that's a delicacy here in Canada. <laughs> um, but I, <clears throat> I won't tell you anything, Ethan. And uh, uh, you know, I'm not a. Um, <laughs> I know I've been accused of being arrogant, blowhard, but so have I. But to me, everything that I say, I'm not a know-it-all. There's there's so much that I need to learn in this world about, you know, about music, about life and stuff. I'm 57. I'm still learning every day. Um, but I won't tell you something unless I'm 100% sure of it. You know what I mean? If I, if you ask me, oh, what was the name of that Paul McCartney TV special from 1973? I'm going to say James Paul McCartney. Because you know what? I know it because I've watched it. I've seen it. Now, if you ask me, what was the name of that horrible Ringo Starr TV special that he played Ogner Rats in it, I'm going to go, I don't know because it was bad and George Harrison had a perm in it. And that's the end. But yeah. I'm not going to tell you, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's called uh, Ringo Rags to Riches. Or, you, you, you brought know. it up? <laughs> you seriously brought that up? Well, that's all the time we have today, everybody. <laughs> you know, thanks. <laughs> No, but, but I mean, the thing is, is, is I have to be a hundred percent confident for me to say anything. And even if, even if I'm 99.9% sure that what I'm saying is the truth, I'm not going to say it until I can research and, and, you know, because I'm so tired of people just doing half-assed, um, you know, uh, uh, just talking out of their behinds, you know, um, I think it's just real. It's it, it, it's more helpful for us as music fans to be truthful, honest, open to each other, and willing to communicate, and not just BS, and not just try to prove, "Hey, I'm better than you." Exactly. You know. And um, you know, thirteen minutes in, I I think we should. Uh, I I feel like some of my listeners out there are like, "All right, when are they going to talk about the Beatles?" We'll talk about the Beatles when we're ready. Yeah. This is my show. <laughs> well, I did mention the Beatles, didn't I? Well, well, you mentioned the Ringo TV special. Well, I mentioned James that, Paul McCartney, yeah, too. You mentioned that, too. It's my second favorite version of Yesterday. I swear to God, um, at the begin, or at the very your, end. The first of, is in Broad Street, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What fantastic film. Oh, I mean, incredible. Ringo driving around in the cars. It's, you know. R- Ringo gave uh, a, a, a De Niro type performance when the boat was about ready to go over the the waterfall. Ringo absolutely gave a performance <laughs> in that film. No, but uh, yes, we can Out talk of about all the of the movies ever made, that was one of them. <laughs> uh, but no, we can talk about the Beatles. Yeah. So, I the I'm sorry the everybody. First... <laughs> you don't have anything to be sorry for. This is my show and it's yeah. my train wreck. Okay. <laughs> It's my party, and I'll cry if I want. <laughs> I, I, um, latest episode of Ski Lodge has a Leslie Gore song. Not that one, though. But go ahead. I know. I was listening to it. Oh, good. Awesome. Again, also, thank you for playing the highly logical Leonard Nimoy song. <laughs> it's a personal favorite of mine. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, so how did, how did you first uh, 
what was your first encounter with the Beatles? You know, I I was born uh, about forty days before. No, I was born forty days before John F. Kennedy was assassinated. So I was born. That would probably give me. I was about three months old when the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you remember it? No, 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 no. Um, uh, five months old, and so because the Beatles made such an impact in my folks' family, you know, my mom, my dad, especially my aunt Lori, uh, they they made such an impact that, of course, my parents were buying the Beatles records. So when as we grew up um that we would be hearing the beatles now we would be hearing the beatles we would all you know my dad's favorite was sinatra mm-hmm. and later on my mom's favorite was neil diamond um but the beatles was what got played in the house the most so we grew up or i grew up hearing those beatles songs now my earliest memory would be um probably about um three years old and they were doing some kind of interview or um, uh, press conference on TV. It was black and white TV. And I faintly have memories of that. And I've never seen that rebroadcast anywhere. So it's, so, I mean, I have a visual in my head. It's hard to, it's hard to say, but my aunt went and saw the Beatles in either the 65 or 66. And then my clear memory of really connecting with music. I mean, I grew up with that stuff. Yeah. But uh, when the monkeys debuted on TV in 66, mm-hmm. uh, the two bands that meant the most to us at that point then were the Beatles and the monkeys. And my folks have said for years, or they're both passed on, but my folks, or my folks said for years that we, the only time that they knew that uh, me and my brother, who was a year older than me, the only time that we would not get into trouble that they could literally just leave us and leave the house and come back. And we'd still be in front of the TV set was that 30 minutes that the monkeys was on. <laughs> and from that point on, it was the Beatles and the monkeys. Um, and my parents, we, you know, um, when I was six or seven or, or something, we would want um, Beatles six for uh, this would mean a, a, a you know, Beatles six or uh, something new specifically those two in my mind, we would want those um, because my parents had them, right? Well, we would wake up on Christmas morning and then my brother got Beatles six and I got something new and we were so excited to have these albums, right? Well, basically it was just my parents' albums. They just wrapped them in gift wrap, (laughs) but we, we knew that and we didn't care because it was the Beatles. And now they were your albums. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We didn't have to ask anymore. You know, I I still had to ask my mom if I could borrow the Andy Williams album with Born Free and um, Music to Watch Girls Buy. So I could borrow that occasionally and uh, borrow some 45s and stuff. But, you know, it was that period. And then, of course, hearing, you know, these Beatles songs, it's strange to think how magical the Beatles are. And, and, you know, I, I really feel bad for you about this um um ethel that uh, it's i keep forgetting that are you i, I can't remember you no i i Ethan. I, okay sorry Ethan. sorry sorry hudson um i feel really bad for you and 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 a lot of these people that you weren't there to experience it as it happened 
you know, hearing Hey Jude on the radio when it was a new single, hearing um, Let It Be. You know, I sometimes, to me, this is crazy, weird talk, but to me, Let It Be, Long and Winding Road, those two songs in particular, I know people don't like, you know, people are going to go on and on about the orchestration. I love it because I grew up with that. Um, but those songs are are pretty much, um, I mean, those are standards now. Okay. Yeah. Almost every Beatles song, but I'm just pointing at those two. Those are standards. And I can't believe that I was alive before those songs existed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because those songs, when a song becomes a standard, it's not just a piece of your childhood or your, or your teenage years. It's, it's a, it, it becomes part of the tapestry of your life to the point where it always seems like it's been there. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's why that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to start my show. It's to talk to people who were there when the Beatles weren't mm-hmm. and were there when the Beatles were new. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm in a position where it's, I'm looking back on 50 now 60 years of recorded output that I can just absorb mm-hmm. instead of it mm-hmm. happening as my life goes on. Right. We see th- that's the thing that I, that's the, uh, uh, the negative thing is that you weren't there when it was happening. Now I'm not bragging. Oh, I was there when it was happening. You know, I didn't realize. That I don't Paul- mean to be, I don't mean to brag, but I was there when Ringo released sentimental journey. <laughs> Yo. Um, but the, the, the crazy thing is, is, um, I don't, I, my brother and I talked about this, you know, a while ago, you know, we knew another day we knew, uh, you know, the first, you know, my love and we knew all these McCartney songs, right. But it didn't register with us until we saw the album cover or the album cover of band to run that, wow, the Beatles are broken up, you know what I mean? Cause they were such a part of our everyday lives, even up to that point. Yeah. Um, now we knew they broke up, but that was like really when it registered, when we're looking at an album cover with Paul, but there's no John, uh, Ringo and whatever the other guy's name was. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say Titch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's Peter, Paul, Mary and Titch. Um, no, the, uh, so it was crazy to, th- you know, and, but to me though, I, I, this isn't a sentimental thing or a weird thing. The Beatles were so much bigger. I mean, the Beatles are my favorite band. I don't talk about the Beatles because so many other people do, and they do it better than I do. Um, but the Beatles were s- such a magical thing. So those four people were so magical that they transcend that whole thing about a band. So they don't exist between 62 and 70 they exist between 62 and the end of time it's it's yeah. going to be a constant cycle where everybody is going to remember this band everybody's going to think of them differently but they are they're a part of our fabric now they're part it, of it, they are part of the they are you know part of the fabric of my life it's yeah. not you know 60 as you said it's not 62 to 70 mm-hmm. to me it's like they have always been and they always will. Yes. Be. Yeah. The Beatles will never, you know, you, you get anyone who tells you that they don't like the Beatles or the, the Beatles are mediocre. They're lying. And, and I truly do believe that because 
you know, the Beatles aren't like a religion, you know, where it's like some people can believe in Jesus and some people don't yeah. believe in Jesus. I, I'm a non-practicing Beatles fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, but, but the Beatles are something entirely different. And um, I think that the Beatles have shitty moments. Like oh, yeah. I said, you know, I mean, I, I can't listen to, you know, I'm sorry, people. I think old Brown shoe should just be just strucken from, uh, the, the Beatles catalog. Uh, I'm not sure I'd agree with that, but there are <laughs> other songs where I would say that. Yeah. And I'm, that's something I'm glad you're, you're kind of touching on this because mm -hmm. this is something I've tried to say, you know, in, I, I've tried to drive this home as much as I can throughout my shows. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think you can truly love a band if you can't criticize them and criticize Absolutely. things they did you know i could say oh that that's not a very good song i don't i don't really like that one mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's it's like the beatles are the golden gods and everything they did was great and magic mm -hmm, and they're mm -hmm. all number 10 mm -hmm. um east side no, story number one i mean <laughs> east side story by squeeze uh one of my favorite albums of all time i call it a masterpiece uh but i hate one or two songs on the album and people yeah. ask me well how can you possibly think it's a masterpiece if you don't like um a few or you know a song or two and i always tell them that take a look at the mona lisa okay there's cracks in the mona lisa you know what i mean they may be small but you know this 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 wonderful piece of art i mean any painting this wonderful piece of art it's going to have flaws in it Mm -hmm. um, something doesn't have to be perfect in order for you to consider it a masterpiece. Like uh, me with McCartney too. It's I, I don't like two of the songs on that record, although they're not the two that most people would think. I consider that album a masterpiece. So do I. And I think Waterfalls is one of his greatest ballads of all time. You may not feel the same way, yeah. but well, the song. That's one of the two songs. Yeah, that that song. To I, me, I'm more of a bogey music guy. Yeah. Well, um, the reason um, uh, the reason that probably means so much to me, and this is a little personal, is that when that album came out, I was breaking up with my first girlfriend and I'd been with her for two, two and a half years. And that I heard that song like the day after we broke up. So it dredges up uh, um, emotions in me because I think, the you know, the, the melody is pretty. And I think it's an honest and touching song, but it see again. It depends on how you approach anything, how you listen to anything, how you how you in, uh, um, uh, ingest a song, what angle you're coming from. Musicians are going to probably hate McCartney too, because it's a simplistic whatever. You know, they're probably going to like um, what's the um, uh, you know they're probably going to like say say say. Because oh yeah, it's a masterpiece. Oh, that bass playing or, or or those keyboards by this person. Well, I I think that song is the equivalent of like, you know, barfing up a, a hot dog. You know, I think it's 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 horrible. Um, and you know, but you see, this is the whole thing about music. You know, I know I know I seem to go off on, uh, you know, on many different directions, and I do, and I never really finish a complete thought because I have so many, you're, you're right at home here. <laughs> I have so many things to talk about. Um, the thing about the Beatles the thing about McCartney and like, like I think sometime New York city is generally mostly a shit album. I think that uh, most of George Harrison's uh, um, solo material is shit. And 
uh, I saw you close your eyes. That, that was the painful, like, how how come you just said that most of George Harrison's output is shit? Well, I don't know if I'd say shit, but he, his, he Subpar. put out all things must pass. And I think that's enough to guarantee you a place in the Hall of Legends. That being Cor- said, correct, correct, he yes. did, you know, progressively and progressively <laughs> kind of slip. And then, you know, okay, now he's on Dark Horse and he starts 33 and a third. That's pretty good. Okay, the George Harrison album, not as good. Gone Trapa, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> okay, okay, I'm, okay, I'm going to wheel, I'm going to reel this back a little bit. Um, George Harrison, uh, All Things Must Pass, definitely pretty much a masterpiece. Now, I say pretty much only because it didn't need Apple Jam. Now, the rest of the album, Oh my gosh, that's like a snuggle bunny. It's almost like like Apple Jam, uh, you know. All things must pass with Apple Jam is like falling in love with this beautiful woman, taking her home, and then finding out she has a penis. You know, it's kind of oh my god. The, a- Apple Jam is the penis of All Things Must Pass. Uh, <laughs> well, I I Apple Jam, you know, I don't think it subtracts from the album though. Well, it doesn't subtract from the album if you pretend it doesn't exist. Um, but when you at, see, but you have to take it in. You you know you can't just say like, well, I like uh, thirteen of the um, white album songs, so it's a great album, and I'm just going to ignore the rest. You can't do that. But you can with Apple Jam because it's a whole different album. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, like uh, careful, uh, Steve. They're not going to send you any gnomes. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 It's a masterpiece, except for that. Uh, I think living in the material world. Uh, has some good songs, but most a good portion of it is kind of eh, whatever. Uh, and then what was after that? Um, Dark Horse. Uh, Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yeah, you know uh, he should have you know maybe waited until his voice sounded better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Extra Texture has one of the single greatest George Harrison songs ever with you. Mm-hmm. Which and one and I think one of the greatest George Harrison album covers. Hence uh, the the graphic for today's yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, here I am dissing George, and then and, and then you see this graphic, um, yeah. and then I, I I'm going to pull back a little bit because I forgot, you know, I mean, because his albums got so uninteresting, but Thirty Three and a Third is a really good album, and you know what, I do love the self titled. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, I, I I like it. I mm-hmm. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel that uh, here comes the moon is. St- stupid in terms of oh here comes the sun here comes the moon right but it's a great song <laughs> you know yeah. blow away is a great song so many great so- songs on that album um but i didn't like anything after that i didn't like brainwash i didn't care for um uh cloud nine although cloud nine's cloud nine's a great pop record it just sounded like somebody said look let's just take the most commercial george harrison stuff he's recorded over the last years mm-hmm. with um jeff lynn th- throw together an album and put it out well, to me, it, it just sounds in hindsight. Again, here's where hindsight comes in. It's it sounds like George Harrison put through the the Jeff Lynn meat grinder. Yes, I love it's Jeff Lynn. Great, it's a great meat grinder, but yes. it it is a meat grinder, and a lot of those, you know, the Full Moon Fever, the Roy mm-hmm, Orbison mm-hmm, record, mm-hmm, Flaming Pie, mm-hmm. they they all kind of sound the same. Yes. Um, Jeff Lynn, 
Jefflin makes great Jefflin records. Oh, fantastic. And he makes, you know, Dave Edmonds. Remember Dave Edmonds slipping away, and there's a couple songs. You know, speaking of, you know, Nick Lowe, you know, going back yeah. to what we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, Jeff Lynn produced a couple um, things by Dave Edmonds, which are very, very pop and very Jeff Lynn. Um, same thing was happening with Phil Collins, everything he was getting involved with. He, he, you know, there's a couple Adam Ant songs that sound like, you know, since they were produced by Phil Collins, they're these great big commercial Bill Collins tracks, Howard Jones, uh, one of the gals from uh, ABBA, you know, a Frida. Lo- yeah, Frida. I almost bought that album used the other day, and I should have. I have it. it. Oh, do you? I, yeah, I, I do have the ABBA box set. I need to get all the ABBA stuff. Um, I love ABBA. Yeah, ABBA's fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, that's the funny thing about ABBA. Everybody loves ABBA, right? But yeah. they, but there are people out there who think that it's it's a shame to love ABBA. But no, that was maybe in the early '90s. You know, some people were ashamed to like ABBA. But no, everybody loves ABBA yeah. now. You know, everybody's will. You know, they're not a quote unquote guilty pleasure, which I don't believe. You know, because there's no shame in liking ABBA anymore. No, there's no shame in liking anything. You should never be ashamed of what you like. Uh, well, except unless for it's maybe, the song "Old Brown ex- Shoe." Except for maybe. Um, uh, highly illogical by Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> you have to admit, it just came in there and it just fit perfectly into that show. It did. I mean, I I will ad- okay. The Ballad of Bilbo Baggins is <laughs> yeah. it's permanently ingrained in my memory. Yes, but highly illogical is my favorite. Well, the, I I actually kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> What what was the the record it came from? Mr. Spock's, you know, music from outer space, something like that. What I have it on is I I I used to have it on a best of uh, Leonard Nimoy CD. There, I I know there's a comp that's a uh, half Nimoy and half. Shatner. That's the one that I have now. Yeah. I didn't even listen to Shatner it's, stuff. It's I called just like listen. spaced out. Yes, yes, that's what I got it from. Keep in uh, mind. I'm not just a Beatle fan, not just, you know, a depressed person. I'm a Star Trek fan. I'm... <laughs> well, usually most depressed people are Star Trek fans. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's still, uh, did you want to talk about the, the big D word? The big D word? Yeah. You just mentioned depression. Sure. Um, where does your depression stem from? Do you know? Um, or no did you idea. want to talk about that? No. Okay. I'm, uh, what triggers it? I don't know. I'm I'm coming from a person who deals with it every day. I wake up with it every day, and I go okay. to bed with it every day. Every day I wake up with the opportunity, with the thought in my head, that today is going to be different, and today is going to be a good day. And every day I take my regrets to bed with me, and I wake up with them, and I and for a few moments I'm thinking, oh. My regrets are gone. And then I realize, no, they're just on the floor and I trip over them. Yeah. Um, depression is a very, very serious thing. And that, you know, <clears throat> I have many people in my life who who will say, hey, come to me if you want to talk about stuff. Yeah. Guess what? The last thing anybody wants to talk about is you being depressed. Now, I, I deal with my depression with music, with work, and it does make a difference when you turn to other people, not just depressed people, but other people, and you try to do something for them to make their life uh, better. And sometimes when you're, when you have no talent such as me, 
you you decide oh, don't beat yourself no, up. No, no, don't. no, 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 I'm not. I'm 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 you know making a point here. I can put together a pretty cool radio show, or I can get on video and talk about CDs, and I can I can share you you know because because all my life music has has been that thing that brings that passion. Uh, it's been that thing that lifts me up. You know what I mean? It's 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 been my bootstraps. It's been uh, the, uh, the lifeline. It's been all that. And so, because music matters so much to me, and because it fills me with so much passion, I want to be able to turn around and sh- share that feeling, share that emotion. Hopefully, even if somebody's not depressed, hopefully they'll be touched by this music somehow. And it could be the Beatles. It could be uh, Leonard Nimoy. It could be ABC. It could be anything. And that's why I do what I do, because I want people, I want to be able to let people know that, you know, you you can connect with music and music can be the thing that will help you get through a lot of the stuff. And uh, you know. what, what role, because you're, you're talking about music as a, way to help deal with the depression how how large of a role would you say because they're they're your favorite band do the beatles play in, beatles into were to that always growing growing okay i i i have this up you know i didn't understand what depression was probably until like uh i was in my late teens early 20s or whatever i i always had a complete oops sorry i just hit my mic i always had a complete absolute lack of self-confidence growing up I don't know why, because it's, well, it, basically because I wore bottle-bottom glasses. I was born with bad vision. I was born with bad hearing. And people made fun of me all, all my life for that. You know, I'm not going to say it's bullying because because it's bullying, but I'm not going to play the victim to that. Um, so I've had to sort of wing my way through life. And, you know, I can easily talk to you. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're having a conversation. I don't read lips but it's easier for me to understand what you're saying when I see your lips moving, mm-hmm. you know? So like, like if I'm in public with someone and their back is turned to me more than likely, I'm going to have to ask them to repeat what they said. But if they're staring at me or looking at me or I can see their lips move, I can associate, okay. He said fame and not flame or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've spent my life dealing with that. So probably by the time I hit my teens, you know, just dealing with all that, you know, that's when the depression and the, and the, the, the feeling of, you know, absolutely no self-worth and no self-confidence. That's when that started uh, coming in. And, um, I have people in my life who love me. I have a lot of great friends, but when you're, when you probably my faults sort of, uh, uh, um, move myself away from these people thinking I wasn't as good as them uh, or I didn't deserve to be in their presence. That's when I turned to music and through my life, the Beatles were always the band. I mean, sure. I listened to Jackson five. I listened to the Osmonds. I listened to Neil Neil Diamond, Glenn Campbell, my first concert, Glenn Campbell, 1970. Um, But the Beatles were always it. But by the time I got to um, let's say my early twenties or whatever, the Beatles, in my mind, they spoke to my younger self and not my present self in terms of lyrically. Mm-hmm. So 
I could never go back and listen to a Beatles album and said, Paul McCartney was really in love when he wrote that. You know, my mind tells me he wrote that song, him and John having a laugh and, and then they moved on. Um, so it was, you know, the new wave bands and the power pop bands and those people that started speaking to me and getting me through that period of my life. But the Beatles have always been that anchor. Every time I talk about a band, I always have to say, well, it's not very Beatle sounding or, oh, this is totally influenced by the Beatles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I put them into everything, you know, except maybe can. Are you a fan of can at all? Uh, I I think I've listened to the first can album. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's my, no... my friend is, you know, super into kraut rock. Okay. And he's okay. been trying to get me. Yeah. No, see, can have some pop moments. A lot of people go, yeah. why do you like can? Well, there are some hooks in there, but no, can are not a Beatles influence band. You know no. what I mean? Um, you know, you, you know, you can't find much Beatles in Depeche mode. No, um, I, but you, there's there's not many traces of uh, the Beatles and Kraftwerk's Trans Europe Express. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and so w- that's always one of the things that when whenever I'm talking about music to a friend, uh, it's always I'm describing them yeah. and either influenced by the Beatles or I will say not influenced by the Beatles. Like the Beatles are always a frame of reference yes absolutely 100 percent in everything when i have to urinate i go am i going to be a george today or a paul <laughs> you know <laughs> and then and and that depends on how far i stand back from the toilet when i aim <laughs> there, there's a question that i don't think i've i've asked really on this show before mm-hmm. but there's there's always a first um a lot of people, you know, myself included, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of my listeners say that the Beatles are the greatest band to to ever exist. Yes. Would you would you agree with that statement? Yes. I, I okay. would not hesitate with that statement. And the reason oh. I be- no, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. I was going to say a lot of people say why are or the Beatles are the greatest band why do you think the Beatles are the greatest band? The Beatles, in my opinion, the Beatles are the greatest band because of four very unique talents that, uh, you know, it's all about chemistry. And the Beatles weren't the Beatles with Pete Best. The Beatles no. weren't the Beatles with Stu Sutcliffe. Uh, the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without George, you know, John Paul, George, and <laughs> Ringo. Um <laughs> And, I, I like that you preempt Ringo for the past, you know, few times we've mentioned him with a, that laugh from the Beatle cartoons. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, but the, uh, um, the fact that those four people created something so unique, you know, sure. During the pacemakers were doing something. It was kind of the same, but they kind of moved in that Beatle direction after, you know, I mean, they were, you yeah. know, more of the some other guy type, you know, rock and roll, hippie, hippie shake type stuff. But then they started moving towards everybody in Liverpool. You know, the the Mercy Beat sound started moving towards that more Beatly sound once that once the Beatles happened, per se. 
Um, Everyone, you know, kind of started moving away from the Chuck Berry and yes. bought themselves a Rickenbacker 12. Yes, skin. yes, exactly. Um, but the four of them were s- uh, alone, apart, separately. They are unique talents. Um, and they all bring something to the table. But it's like anything else. Like, like, how do you make nitroglycerin or, or 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 TNT or whatever? You know, you have to mix these certain elements in it in order to make it explode, in order to make it uh, ignite. And it would never have worked without these four people. And the fact that the songs that they wrote, you know, uh, um, I I've mentioned um, many times that the Beatles were the product, were basically the baby of Buddy Holly and the Everly Brothers throwing you know maybe you know a couple dollops of you know chuck berry and 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 all those people little richard little richard right and um even when the beatles were trying to be little richard they were the beatles yeah see and that's the thing the beatles weren't trying to be uh the beatles they were just the beatles the beatles sounded like the beatles because they were the beatles you know and i know that sounds like a ridiculous comment yeah but how many bands out there try to sound like the Beatles? There's not that many bands out there that try to sound uh, uh, unique. And the Beatles just happen to be unique. But that uniqueness and the great thing about the Beatles, and I think the reason that they were so great, not only were they great songwriters and great singers and great arrangements, they created so much that um, bands learn from. And if you listen to every Beatles album, Every Beatles album is different from the last one. And and through their entire career, every Beatles album is different. And they were constantly evolving. They weren't, you know, sitting there and saying the same. You know, they weren't going, hey, we're Huey Lewis in the news. We had a hit with that single. Let's do that same sound for the next five albums. No, yeah. the Beatles were going, we've done that. Let's do this. We've done that. Let's do this. And... You know, that was such the magical thing about Sergeant Pepper is the fact that they built up to this big Sergeant Pepper. Then they said, fuck this. Let's knock it all down and let's start again. And then they went to the White Album. Then they went to, you know, and, and, and they started building again. And I think that Sergeant Pepper was the, I think the White Album was the beginning of, 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 of the Beatles saying, fuck the Beatles. Uh, you know, fuck this yeah. image that everybody has of us um you know we need to be us you know forget about the mop tops forget about um you know this that and the other thing uh uh we are four guys making music but each time they made music it was magic and there were some you know like i said why don't we do in the road fuck you mccartney you know that song blows ass but then on the same album he's got uh you know I will. He's got um, uh, back in the USSR birthday or something. So sure, you know, you, you can do little, you know, little beats of poopy here and there because everything else they did was, I mean, we know every note of those songs now. I mean, when yeah. you think about it, I mean, how, how many times does somebody say one, two, three, and in your mind, you're, you're going one, two, three, five. You know, yeah. it's just like every time someone does a countdown. Oh, I thought you were going in a different direction for a second. I thought you were going to do one, 
No, but yeah, well, yeah, I see every, everything in our lives, every, every band today has a Beatle chord in it. You know, yeah. uh, the Beatles didn't invent rock and roll. They just made it fucking amazing. Yeah. They opened doors and they, and they, and they, it's just such an amazing thing that they did. Um, but I feel kind of stupid talking about him now because everybody knows everything that I just said, mm-hmm. you know, you're nodding your head. You're going, yeah, fucking, I, I talked about the same thing. The last seven guests have, have said the same thing to me. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I don't talk about the reasons. I mean, I've, I, I've been making videos on YouTube for how many years and, and I've had radio shows and stuff. And the Beatles are such a small, insignificant part of what I do in terms of my output, but they are the main reason that I do everything that I do. They're the main reason I write about music. They're the main reason that I do radio shows, the main reason why I buy music and why I talk about music, you know? Okay. Uh, on a kind of semi-related thing with the Beatles, you know, we, we have agreed that they are the greatest band of all time. Uh, you, I, you're one of the people I, I could call like a, like an encyclopedia of music. Mm-hmm. One of the few people I could use that phrase and not have it be bullshit. <laughs> you, you're always championing other bands that mm-hmm. maybe did not get, you know, the recognition they deserved yeah. that flew under the radar. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, cause it, it seems like it it's a growing sentiment nowadays that the Beatles are overrated that, you know, people give them too much credit. Would you say compared to, you know, all of the other music you've listened to, do you think the Beatles are overrated? No. Why, why do you think the Beatles are not overrated? Because have you seen that meme? Whereas a picture of the Beatles that says something like, sorry for setting the the bar so high. That is so true because what they did, again, they did not create rock and roll. They did not create pop. They just made it better. And they made it more accessible to the listener. They made it more challenging to the listener. Uh, They made it, uh, they just made everything just, just, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, the Beatles are a band that, that, um, that you feel just as much as you hear when you, you know, you know, I'm sorry when I listen to, to, um, I mean, I know that the, I know that, you know, lyrics are lyrics, but growing up and, you know, and I know, you know, this, this kind of goes against what, what I said earlier, but when you hear long and winding road, you fucking feel that Paul McCartney's feeling sad in that song. You know what I mean? You, you know, you feel that he's that, the, uh, and, and it's probably just cause, cause um, you know, it, it could be the production, the chord changes, stuff like that, but it makes such, it's so powerful. The Beatles are an emotional band when you connect with them. Now, again, I'm not a Beatle. You know, I don't need to go out and own all the bootlegs. I don't, I hardly own any books on the Beatles. Uh, and I've only masturbated about 37 times in my life to Beatles. Um, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, Again, to that, to that Ognorat special. Yeah, exactly. Usually, uh, usually yeah. George's perm gets me. Um, yeah. But 
the Beatles, I mean, there's nothing I can say uh, that would even get close to explaining the greatness of the Beatles. And anybody that thinks that they're overrated, probably, uh, I mean, they probably just need to look deep within themselves and, and, and um, find the answers from within because the Beatles are pure, absolute, 100% magic. If, if Harry Potter, uh, you know, he does magic in, in, in that, and you know, there's, there's uh supposed, you know, the Beatles created it all. Yeah. Um, and you know, and they are one of the few bands that you could really say they are just absolute musicians, but it's the four of them together. Each of them. Hold on. Where, where was the Harry Potter thing going? Oh, uh, uh, magic. Okay. Yes. You you know what I mean? This, you you know, there's, there's this uh, world of wizardry, right? In the real world, if, if that world existed, it would, (laughs) it would just be, you know, a Beatles school for songwriting. Um, but, um, uh, it has to be the four of them together. It's not free as a bird. No. Because one of them was dead as a bird. Yeah. So it doesn't, even though I liked it, but I, okay, here's freeze. Okay. I know that we're probably running over time here. Oh, uh, there's no such thing as overtime on okay. this show. Uh, free as a bird. Um, they should have maybe put effects on Paul's voice and George's voice to make it sound less obvious that John was dead. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, you know john's part and then paul whatever happened to you know it's like yeah. well how come you didn't have paul go whatever happened to yeah. you know it was just have it, one of them sing through like a leslie speaker or something. yeah exactly exactly um but uh, uh but anyway yeah it's the it's it can't be stressed enough even when you listen to like um the mistakes um, you know, you hear like a little, maybe a drum beat or a tambourine that's offbeat or, a, or like, um, uh, if I fell when the stereo version, when Paul's voice kind of cuts off, uh, things like that is still magic. Yeah. I, I mean, even like, like just in the headphones, listen to no reply. Uh, there's some like bad, you know, bad drum beats or, or whatever. But when you listen to it, a stereo version, the headphones, you know, you see or, you know, you can hear that, you know, the, the, the kick drum is emphasizing certain words and the, the snare is emphasizing certain words. Yeah. And it's just fascinating when you go back and you listen to all that stuff and you and you, you have to remember they did all this in this very short amount of time. You know, like Fleetwood Mac puts out an album. And then does whatever, and then puts out another album. Well, in between those two albums, the Beatles released their entire catalog, and they toured, yeah. and they made two movies. I mean, think about that. In just like a two-year two period, they put out like five albums, made two movies, and did however many tours. I'm surprised. Just, just look at 64 alone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, movie, two albums, an EP, you know, dozens of – or not dozens of singles but you know a, a handful of singles <laughs> yeah, yeah and they were touring around the world yeah I, and, and still to this day it's crazy when you go on the internet and i still see pictures of the beatles that i've never seen before yeah i mean 
it is so it, it, it's like those guys you know now i can understand why ringo doesn't want to sign autographs uh why you know i'm just these people back in the beetle days not nothing they did um you know everything was photographed mm-hmm. you know when they walked from their front door to the car photographed uh I- I've said this on, on the show, I think hundreds of times, my audience is probably sick to death of me here or saying this. Uh-huh. The Beatles are, I'd, I'd say the, almost definitely the most documented uh, group of people in music history. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's so absolutely bizarre. Um, the fact that books that, you know, break down their studio sessions you know, day by day, track by track, you know, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. you know, uh, books like the, the complete Beatles Chronicle by Mark Lewison, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is like a complete day by day of mm-hmm. their career. Mm-hmm. And it would be like a bestseller. Mm-hmm. But go back to the pictures. Yeah. There's not a day. As a, okay. I've been a Beatle fan. I, I went to, you know, Beatles fan growing up, uh, you know, through kids, I literally stopped listening to the Beatles for years when, when Lennon was killed. Uh, I remember we had gone to Disneyland. It was Mormon night. Uh, I was not a Mormon, but, uh, we got in for free cause it was Mormon night. Cause my friend said I was a Mormon, but th- they told me don't ask for soda because Mormons don't drink soda. Cause then they'll know you're not a Mormon and they'll kick you out. Um, so we walked out and I remember hearing, you know, during, uh, you know, we were, riding with our friends they turn on the car and they said that john lennon was dead and we heard bubba shot or shot blah 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 blah, yoko so we were thinking yoko shot him because you know at that time everybody hated yoko you know for years and i don't understand us being kids i mean we read stuff about people hating yoko so yeah you're gonna you're gonna end up hating yoko but then you realize you know later on that you know um that your hate was built in the same reason that that um, uh, uh, Richard Dolan hates uh, Yoko, or, or or a lot of people out there hate Yoko only because of what they've read, not based Again, on. I'm facts. not sure my listeners yeah, will know no, who yeah. Richard Dolan is. Yeah, trust me, guys, you don't want to. Um, but uh, uh, well, I'm just going to use Richard Dolan, uh, just that name. That that's like John Doe. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are are just misinformed. Yes. Uh, and I've been misinformed for years too. Uh, I mean, not, not lately, but you know, growing up, it's like Yoko, Ooh, P U. Um, but anyway, um, and I remember that and like with, when Elvis died, uh, two years before I remember, uh, no, I'm sorry, three years before, uh, I remember that day as well. And, you know, we didn't have enough Elvis in our collection. So we ended up getting all the Elvis or, you know, most of the Elvis albums in, in our yeah. collection after he died. When Lennon died, um, it was hard to listen to the Beatles. Uh, I would hear the Beatles all the time and love the Beatles. And, you know, uh, you know, when you fall in love with, with, with girls and, or you have crushes on girls, you think of Beatles songs. Um, even though, you know, like I said, by that time I was kind of, uh, I'm not really connecting with, with those anymore, but still when you think of, and I love her or if I fell or lying and riding road, it still, you know, fills your heart with joy. Um, 
but I didn't buy the Beatles CDs when they first came out in 87. Um, I didn't buy Beatles CDs until the remasters in 2009. Yeah. Did, did you just steal them? Um, no, I just, my brother bought them or friends had them and I'd listen to them. And, but yeah, for some reason it was just really hard for me to, to really get back into the Beatles after that. Um, but yeah, well, no, it, it, no, it was probably uh, around the time of, of, um, anthology that I was able to, cause I watched it each, I mean, cause remember it premiered like, yeah. I think like every Sunday night for three weeks or something like that, or, or no, no, or it's like three nights in a row or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, On a Beatles C. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, um, it was, uh, uh, so much there, you know, I'd, I saw that long and running road film. They used to play that at the Beatle convention that we went to or cheap version of the Beatle convention back in like 74, 75. Um, so I saw, so, but it wasn't really a documentary. They called it Long and Running Road, but it was really just like a 10 minute hodgepodge of Beatles clips. It wasn't really. Oh, uh, it is there's something that matches that description. Uh, are, are you talking about condensed cream of Beatles? Uh, is it it's, like, is it like 10 minutes of just music playing and all these visuals and film clips and stuff? Yeah. It, it's a very visually interesting thing. Yeah. If, if it was out in the mid seventies and that yeah. might, that, then that's probably I'll, I'll send you a link after we, we finish. Okay. Okay. And then I'll tell you if that's the thing that the thing I saw, but yeah. I saw it a couple times. Um, and it was fascinating, but, uh, I always thought it was called long and winding road, uh, because I'd heard about the documentary long running road. And I was kind of thinking maybe that was it or whatever. Um, but you're, you're probably right. Uh, and, um, but yeah, it, it, it really wasn't until after, uh, I mean, I, I was able to listen to the Beatles again, starting with anthology. I didn't buy them, you know, mm -hmm. didn't buy the CDs or whatever. And then, you know, when the 2009 remasters, that's really when I was able to get back into them again. And I, Mono I or stereo them. stereo. I'm always a stereo guy, always a stereo. I hate owning something in mono when it exists in stereo, but I will own something in mono if I already have the stereo. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like you wouldn't buy the, the Rolling Stones mono box set if you didn't already own the Stones catalog in mono. Oh, you know, stereo. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's, but you know, I could, I've, I've, are you, are you familiar with the whole Marvel universe? Uh, vaguely. Okay. Okay. So you don't watch things like Loki and all that kind of stuff. No. It's just like whole multiverse thing, right? Where there's all these yeah. lines that go off into different, you know, multiverses. Stuff. That's my brain. So there's, you will probably go back and listen to this and go, he never finished the sentence because I, I don't think I finished. I, <laughs> I don't finish sentences either. Yeah. Cause my mind just said, Oh, you know what? Oh, the, cause you know when the last time I thought about that Beatle convention was when probably 40 years ago, I haven't even remembered that Beatle convention, but I believe in something called, uh, um, it, I, I believe it's 
I believe in it so much that I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, what's the, uh, the, uh, strong uh, words of praise uh, uh the something of uh, laws of attraction yes and i don't believe that you know if you sit there and you think to yourself uh i want a bicycle i want to buy or, or, or no uh you know i want this or i want that and then it just shows up on your doorstep you know three days later because you kept thinking positive about it i believe that it that if you think of something uh, um it will attract like thoughts even if they're buried in the back of your mind so we're talking about the beatles this is the longest i've ever talked about the beatles in probably 30 years um i'm sorry and, no 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 absolutely i love it um it just makes me not want to do a beatles show because it's getting it all out of my system now uh but i'm, it's... I'm glad you're getting it all out of your system here <laughs> yeah exactly uh but so I'm thinking about this stuff and now I'm remembering that Beatles convention that we went to and how uh, we were sitting there waiting for my dad to uh, pick us up. And this lady um, came and asked us if we were born again or not. I'm going born again. What the heck are you talking about? Have you let Jesus into your heart? And and we said, well, no. And that was the wrong thing to say. Cause then my dad had to come and say, excuse me, lady, you know, <laughs> cause she was trying to, you know, uh, turn us into uh, born again Christians, which I have nothing against, but when you're, yeah. 11 12 years old you know and you're waiting outside of beetle convention <laughs> exactly and and i want an album right a brand x album it's like i want a, a gift or a, a, a lottery or something and i want brand x right and it's like i'm going who the hell's brand x well i didn't realize so later it was like phil collins was in the band they're a popular prog rock band but when you're 11 years old and you know the, the only real boobies you've seen on your life is on the cover of two virgins you know it's like it's it's i was like way too young to know two virgins not even blind faith <laughs> no I, I okay here's the truth blind faith i used to see that record and i always thought it was long-haired boy because the flat chested <laughs> because it was a kid i mean that to me thinking about yeah. it now it's gross yeah well there's a reason why whenever you see it reissued <laughs> they have you know it, like those half speed master abbey road reissues instead of having it down the side they have it across yeah exactly um but uh you know it's the beatles have been such a major 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 part of all of our lives whether we realize it or not because uh, they really laid down a foundation that they may not have laid down the foundation of rock and roll but lay they laid down something that was so incredible that bands are still trying to figure out how they did it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it's, I, I think I, I described on one of my last shows as I described strawberry fields forever, the song as a musical atomic bomb. And like 50 years later, people are still sifting through the debris, trying to figure out what it was, what happened and how did it happen? And yeah, I totally agree with that. And the, one of the great things is, is remember the Beatles weren't trying to be the Beatles. The Beatles no. were just trying to create something different, something unique. And, something you know, new. <laughs> and that's the magical thing. Cause you can't go back and you can't be the Beatles when the Beatles weren't even trying to be the Beatles. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, think about something like, Hey, Bulldog simple uh they knocked it out in one day 
they were supposed to go in and make a video for Lady Madonna and they recorded Hey Bulldog instead. Yeah. I mean, that's friggin' pure magic. I mean, I'm sure stuff like that happens with a lot of other bands. We just don't realize it, you know, because they're not out, you know, they don't have 757 books released last year on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't have someone like Mark Lewison going down and, you know, talking about this and talking about that. It's, it's, but it's magic and it's, it's, it's something that, like, like I still feel magic from records or uh, from albums. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's a different kind of magic it's it's um because music seriously when i talk about music music is really something that um i mean i'm a i'm an emotional listener uh and i think you are too um if you don't i'd I'd say so yeah if you don't connect with it emotionally um then you know you move on and you know you think it's good you know you don't think all oh, that shit you just move on to the next thing and try to find something that you're going to be able to connect to emotionally and i think you know the beatles uh, really created that um by accident i think the beatles created a lot of stuff by accident um but it was but it was because of that chemistry and and it never would have happened without george martin he was a big part of the chemistry exactly um, you know, would it have happened without George, uh, uh, Jeff Emmerich or Chris Thomas or whoever else was in the studios at the time? Would it have happened without them more than Norman like, Smith? Yeah, Norman Smith. Oh, babe, what would you say? You, you know that Hurricane Smith song? I, I have the Hurricane that. Smith singles. I have a, yeah, I have a Hurricane Smith best of on CD because I'm the CD junkie. Um, you are. <laughs> and we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> but um i think it would have ha- you know i don't want to downplay uh um norman smith and jeff emmer because they are wonderful wonderful big part of the beatles sound but it was really it was really down to the beatles would the beatles have been able to be the beatles without brian epstein or epstein um that's another debatable thing too brian epstein i think was more like the Beatles were creating the magic and he was the one that was like pushing it forward in terms of, yeah. of, of making sure that people knew what was going on. He like was the, it, who knows what it could have ended up like if, if the Beatles had from the start, like a, an Andrew Lou Goldham or a, a Robert Stigwood. Right, right, right. I think that everything happened for a reason. I mean, I, I don't like the fact that, the, the stars aligned. Yes, absolutely. And I, I don't like the fact that Brian died. I don't like the fact that John died, that George died, all that kind of stuff. But everything had to happen. You know, Brian had to die in order for this to happen. And, you know, I hate thinking that way, but yeah. life is just a series of events like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, I hate the fact that 9-11 happened, but it, it, it made people think, you know in a new way i hate the way that the pandemic happened but it made people think in a new way uh and positive things come out of that you mm-hmm. know but not not many positive things came out of mason or dolan anyway go ahead um something i i like to do on this show um is i i hit people with some what i call quick fire questions okay which uh they're they're quick questions but the answers are almost always not quick Okay. Um, so, what is your favorite Beatle album? Um, it's going to end up being Abbey Road. 
Nope. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. It's going to end up being um, British version of Help. Really? And Abbey Road. Brit- Hold on. British version of Help? Yes. I. No one's ever uh, given that answer before. Elaborate, please. It's a good album. Well, it is a good album. I, I want to uh, know why. Uh, you- maybe it's the British version of Hard Day's Night. Crap. Don't throw these questions at me like this. Um, <laughs> do I have to pick one or can I say like Beatles love songs? <laughs> no, you, you, you can pick, you can pick Beatles, real music, you can pick 20, <laughs> 20 greatest hits. Uh, can, can I pick any Beatles album, but put the rock and roll music cover on it? Absolutely. <laughs> you, no. you can take the Beatle record out and put it in the Ringo road revere cover. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, it, it's going to be a tie between um, Hard Day's Night, Help, Rubber Soul, and Abbey Road. Okay. that that That's a nice assortment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Hard Day's Night was, in my opinion, one of the very first power pop albums. Um, oh, yeah. And Help, I think, is so wonderful in its mood. And it has the song Yesterday on it, uh, which I hated for about 40 years, but then fell in love with it again about five years ago. And um, Rubber Soul, of course, for its excellent songwriting. And Abbey Road for the fact that it was such a a completely different album uh, and such a great bounce back from the fiasco of uh, the Get Back Sessions. Yeah. So on on the flip side of that question, Mm -hmm. what's your least favorite Beatle album? Oh, it would probably. And this time you you can't pick like what Beatles love songs. (laughs) No, my my least favorite Beatles album is probably as an album as a whole. It's going to be a tie between. No, it's not going to be a tie. Okay. My least listened to Beatles album as a whole is going to be Let It Be. Although it has. Oh, two of my top five favorite songs, which is "Let It Be" and "Long and Winding Road." Funny thing is, it's that's a running joke on the show. That's the correct answer because <laughs> it's I I go I have very strong feelings about that record. It's it's not an album. It's not an album. It's it's a soundtrack. I see what you're saying, yeah. and I and yes, and I agree with that. But at the same time, it's not a, the Beatles didn't go in and record "Let It Be." The Beatles went in and recorded a bunch of songs, and it was Phil Spector that made "Let It Be." So to me, yeah. it's not really a proper album. Although, like I said, what if they didn't let Spector release that? What if they never released those things? We never would have have heard the magnificence of "Long and Winding Road" and "Let It Be" um, apart from on bootlegs. Yeah. Could could you imagine if if Let It Be ended up something like the Beach Boys Smile? Oh, where it's more like a legend album where yeah, it's, where where you never really have a full complete version of the album, even though you try. Um, yeah, you know, I I can totally imagine that. But you know, the one thing that's missing from Let It Be that I think would have put it over and made it better than my second least favorite Beatles album, which was um, with the Beatles, um. If you put Don't Let Me Down on Let It Be, I mean, Don't Let Me Down is a masterpiece. 
even Billy Preston's uh, keyboard playing at the end of the song is That's incredible. Absolutely. Billy Preston, a, a, a great musician like Billy Preston, regardless of what he did later in his life, a great musician is going to create something that is completely different than the melody that the songwriter created. So don't let me down, you know, the verses, the chorus, when he goes into that little keyboard riff at the end of the song, it's not the melody that Lennon sang. It's a completely different melody, but it's just as engaging. And it's just as important a piece of the song. Yeah. And he, here's, here's a, uh, a little bit, it might be a little bit more tricky of a mm-hmm. question. What do you have a favorite Beatles song? Yes, but it is um, it's my answer is very tricky because I consider this one song, but it is the greatest five minutes. Oh, it's the Abbey it, Road medley, isn't it? No, it's it's the end. It's it's um, uh, uh, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight, the end. That okay. five minutes is the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest piece of music in rock history those five minutes because they take you from just utter sadness and beauty and nostalgia to anthemic to this beautiful ending, which just leaves you so emotionally drained in that five minutes that that five minutes is more powerful than any album that I've heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel like that. And also I think he met or her majesty actually works as it's like, an usher helping you leave the theater. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't, I don't include that in that five minutes, but no, I, no, but when you're but, listening to the album, I, I think totally, it works yeah. in that way. Yeah. It, it holds your hand as you, as you yeah. walk away from what yeah. just happened. Yeah. It's over. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. This way, please. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, that to me is very easy. It used to be my favorite Beatles song used to be let it be. The only reason it was let it be is because I thought, you know what, people are going to have an issue if I say that little block of five minutes counts as one song, but it really does count as one song. You know, even the 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 beautiful "You Never Give Me Your Money" part of that too. Um, that five minutes is just so tremendous. I mean that that I've mentioned that word magic many times. Every part of that is. I mean, I, and I don't even care for the boy, you gotta carry. I don't even care for that that much, but it's part of this wonderful thing. Remember I told you before that it, a masterpiece doesn't have to be perfect. It just has mm-hmm. to be right. It has to touch you and it has to uh, 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 affect you in, in a certain way. And that's what that song does. And again, I feel like, you know, where I'm going the flip side of this what's your least favorite beatles song um okay that would be uh, uh stupid of me to say revolution number nine because that's everybody's least. it's a yeah, cop out answer. total cop out i think that what's your news uh, uh you know what's the news mary jane is a cop or i mean um, no i was a bootleg i mean uh, you know my name look up what the number yeah. is kind of a cop out um I would say it's got to be my li- okay, my least favorite Beatles song. Oh, it's a tie between "Why Don't We Do It in the Road" and uh, "Old Brown Shoe." See, I'm again. This that's the magic of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. It's that one one man's trash is another man's treasure, and mm-hmm. vice versa. 
old brown shoe is is one of my favorites see but that's the magic of any type of music because where are you coming from when you listen to that you know are you coming from a place of uh um joy are you coming from a place of despair are you coming from a place of uh uh you know it it it's just it's it's really all about where your mind where your heart is you know, when you experience that song. Now, maybe a year or two from now, I might like Old Brown Shoe. But since it's been 50 years and I still hated it, um, I think that that'll probably tie with Why Don't We Do It in the Road. Now, when we were kids, guess what? Guess what? When, when, what? We heard, what? when, when we heard Why Don't We Do It in the Road, we thought, my brother and I thought, it was talking about pooping and peeing in the road. <laughs> Right. Because we were, you know, yeah. uh, you know, what, six, seven, eight years old. We were giggling. I mean, but we were giggling, you know, um, uh, uh, Bee Gees. Um, I started a joke. Yeah. Um, we were giggling because Robin Gibbs sounded so funny. He sounded yeah. like a freaking clown. Right. He still and sounds funny to me. No, and I love the Bee Gees. No, but it doesn't sound funny to me because when when you adjust your mind to realize where is this coming from? Um, when you think about where something is coming from, Robin Gibb is one of the greatest vocalists. And his voice is so unique and so different, but there's so much emotion in it. That's the thing. It's not like he's Pee Wee Herman singing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, not that he sounds like Pee Wee Herman. I'm just using Go that on, as, do your Pee Wee no, Herman. I, I don't do Pee Wee. I, oh, I thought I, you did. No, no, no. I don't do impressions ap- ap- apart from, I'm George Hattison. And, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, and I've said before, there's, you know, if you go into an album, um, I mean, I use this or I used an example, uh, last night and I, I, I can't remember which album, but your frame of mind when approaching an album, you know, musicians are going to, are going to listen to albums differently. Um, young people are going to listen to albums differently than older people. Uh, uh, rich people are going to listen to albums differently than poor people. Um, because it all, it, it all, even though I admit that I'm an emotional listener, I believe that we are all emotional listeners, but we all allow things in certain levels. I, I allow music into my soul. Uh, Mm -hmm. some, some people don't, don't let it get past their forehead. And, you know, and then they just move on to something else. Um, but I think that, that uh, so, so much uh, depends on our age, our mood, our environment. Uh, that's what affects us. So you were obviously, I don't know, high or something when you decided that you liked Old Brown Shoe. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's just something I never liked. But I don't fault anybody. See, this is the thing. I'm not going to get in an argument with you because you like a song that I really, really don't like a lot. Um, the thing is, is I'm going, wow, Ethan likes that song. Okay, I can turn him on to anything then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but no, I, I respect what, what, you know, what people love. <laughs> the thing is, so many people out there just got to, everybody's on the same level. Did you realize that, Ethan? I don't yeah. put myself above you and I've been listening to music a lot longer no. than you have. And, but you know what, you, you know, stuff, you, you know, shit that I don't because you, you go deeper into psych. Whereas with me, 
I, 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 I'm like a pop guy. So I'm going to listen to more sunshine pop and I'm going to listen yeah. to the, you know, I'm more likely going to listen to, uh, uh, where your love like heaven by Donovan, which I believe that you like as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's my favorite Donovan song. I'm going to listen to that before I listen to, um, uh, what's the tea time song that you like a lot? Uh, we will be there after tea. Yeah. We will be there after tea. I'm not saying that that song is bad, but you discovered that. Right. And the reason I haven't discovered that is because I didn't delve down that road, that psych road. I kind of stayed with the poppy stuff. Um, and, but there's nothing wrong with the fact that I stayed with the poppy stuff and, yeah. and, and, and avoid the psych because somewhere down the line, it's going to hit me and I'm going to connect with it somewhere yeah. along the line. You're finally going to go, man, fucking Barry Manilow is awesome. You know, <laughs> anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. And, my my last question for the show it's it's the question we've all been we've we've all been waiting to know the answer okay it, is paul dead absolutely 100% not i think i think his talent is i think his voice is oh ooh, ooh. <laughs> no uh look i'll have to tell you something i absolutely adore mccartney up through mccartney 2 <laughs> And I don't like a single album. No, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I don't love a single album he's put out since. Those albums, uh, every album before, we're talking from McCartney, even Wildlife. Um, every one of those albums, McCartney was trying something new. He was pushing forward whether he was successful or not in terms of did that song work, did it not. Um, the Mess, what an amazing song. It was a friggin' live B-side. Uh, Country Dreamer, Sally G, some of the best B-sides, great albums. Uh, even with, with um, uh, Speed of Sound being such a, a, a mixed bag, to me it's more of a, a positive mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Egg being this wonderful, great album. And then the experimental going off in a weird, crazy direction on McCartney too. And then after that, it was, it seemed in my opinion, this is just my opinion. And this is again, what approach, what, what are we thinking when we go into an album is instead of chasing a sound, McCartney seemed to be chasing a hit. And, and he seemed to be more concerned with what was going on around him than creating something new within him. So I, I think he has done that since McCartney too, with a couple things. I'm not sure he's done that with the studio album, but you know, like the, the fireman. fireman. Yeah. The fireman. Yeah, A absolutely. He, that, that's him doing something new. Yes. And he is willing. See, I think, uh, I, I think it's also maybe what what Paul might um, he might be thinking. Well, how will people perceive this? People, generally speaking, they want Paul McCartney. They don't want um, that adventurous musician. You know, the guy yeah. that would create these. You know, I mean, he's created. They, they want silly love songs. They don't want bogey music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like Paul gave such a great album when he when he turned in Back to the Egg. There was a bunch of 
moments on there that that equaled anything he'd done in his solo career but people weren't accepting of it at that time and then of course then he he took you know a wonderful christmas time still a wonderful christmas song yet it is it is hated by so many people and i think it's just because people just want to hate yeah it is now our default mechanism when we wake up in the morning and we want to hate. And I told you dealing with depression, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want to hate because I don't want to feel that way. I, I don't want to feel the way that people act on streams or uh, uh, I don't want to make people feel shitty. Um, and I think in a way that's kind of what McCartney does in his music. Not that he's depressed. It's nothing to do with that. But I think that McCartney is, is he's probably writing some incredible, amazing songs that he just doesn't release. Mm -hmm. Waterspout. What a song that is. Never released it. And Uh, who knows why? What was that? I said, who knows why? Yeah. You know, and, and, um, there's so much like that. I mean, there's so many artists that have done that, who've just created some amazing music and never release it because they don't think it's going to be accepted or because McCartney for some reason has received bad press for almost in his entire solo career. Uh, especially through the seventies, people hated oh, yeah. silly love songs. People hated, let them in. Listen to beware my love off of speed of sound. What a, a just a trip. That song is so amazing. Uh, because it's so different, you know, and and people don't really look at McCartney like that. People look at McCartney as, oh yeah, he was a wimp. No, go back and listen, man. He was doing different stuff. He was yeah. fuck. He was fucking with the system in small, little, slightly little ways. But uh, he was an amazing artist. But I just don't care for him after uh, McCartney too, because I th- think he's playing it too safe. There are some great songs. Yeah, there are. Uh, I I won't deny that, but I haven't loved a McCartney album since McCartney too. And and with that, I'm going to turn things over to you. It, it's 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 the sad part of the show where we have to start wrapping things up. Where where can people find where can people find more about you and what you do? Well, you can always uh, find me on Facebook, uh, Stephen Schnee, S T E P H E N space. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, now I'm just Steve Schnee. I used to be Spaz. My nickname used to be Spaz. But since it is actually an offensive word in some countries, I, I changed it because I don't want to offend anybody. And I swear yeah. to God, I bet you I've offended a lot of people on the show and I apologize. Um, but um, you can find me at Steve Schnee on Facebook. Uh, you can find me Stephen Schnee, the CD junkie on YouTube. Uh, if you Google my name, Stephen Spashny, you can find tons of reviews. I mean, I've done over 400 interviews with celebrity people, nobody related to the Beatles. Um, well, you've done Nick Lowe. Oh uh, yes, I've done Nick Lowe. I spoke to Nick Lowe on the phone. Mm-hmm. One wonderful person. And I'm, I wish I can get him on my podcast, but, but, but I don't think I can, I don't have enough uh, subscribers. So if you subscribe to me, um, I, I might, maybe Nick Lowe will. will... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, there is a big difference between 820 and 825 subscribers. That could be the tipping point. You know, where he goes, there you go. right, okay, right, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> even though he doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, and... and, and he doesn't can... sound like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> 
hello, hello, love. Um, but, uh, you know, just all I can say is even if you don't want to track me down, just freaking keep, keep your mind open to the music and, and just, uh, you know, to a lot of people, there are things more important, like, you know, um, sports and, and, you know, things like that. And I, and, and I totally understand that. Um, but, uh, to me, music is such a wonderful, passionate thing. And in everything that I do, and I know this is hokey, I probably said it earlier, in everything that I do, whether it's a, a review or a video or us talking right now, it's trying to, I'm trying to, 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 to pass on a feeling as opposed to, you know, I, I don't care about me, you know, in terms of, of, I'm not trying to sell me. I'm trying to sell the fact that music is such a pot, you know, it, it'll have such a positive impact in your life. And sometimes it can help you get through the craziest of times. And, um, you know, I just want people to find something in their lives that bring them joy. It could be, um, you know, getting married. It could be, um, going record shopping, whatever it is, just find that magic and, and, and follow it. And, and, um, uh, just freaking turn off negativity as your default setting, switch it around, you know? So that's it. And, and now a word from our sponsor, me. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll edit in my, okay. hi, I'm Ethan Alexanian founder, president, and CEO of Fans on the Run. I hope you've enjoyed the show so far. I certainly have. Oh, what a good time it's been. The show is also streaming on all of the major podcast distribution platforms like Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you're listening on any of those, please follow or subscribe to the show. And if you've enjoyed what you've listened to so far, please leave a review. We're on Facebook at Fans on the Run Podcast, Twitter at Fans on the Run Pod, and on Instagram at Fans on the Run Podcast, where I post all the graphics for the show, including this episode's graphic. If you have any requests of people you'd like to see on the show, questions, comments about an episode, or anything else, you can reach me at Fans on the Run Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening. That being said, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show today. I appreciate being asked. Uh, and, uh, you know, we went off into different, you, yeah. you, and, and I, I'm always apologizing for something. You, uh, you have nothing to apologize yeah. for. This has been an electric conversation. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I just want people to, to, you know, I mean, we're, it's, it's hokey, but just love one another. Uh, but I don't want to go peace and love. Yeah. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update. I'm not going to quote the whole thing again. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve. Okay. Thank you. Are oh. you are you are you able to turn this off? Um, edit uh, this part out and still stay online because I have one short story that I've never told on uh, or, or that I wanted to tell the other night on the uh, uh, on stream, but it's a funny story. Uh, and you want this to be edited out? Yes. Hold on. Let, let's just wrap this up and then okay. I'll stop the recording and then you can tell me. Uh, okay. And Steve, thank you so much for coming on. And to thank everyone else, and to everyone else out there listening at home, thank you for listening. You can go home now. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Fans on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander.
Additional voiceovers by Richard Fellow. This has been a Showtown Production.